Hi. Welcome to Buy It's Cover. One marriage's journey through movie night using only the cover of movies we find on streaming services. We guess what they are, and then we watch them. And those of us that are the wees, uh, 50% of the hosts, Kevin Eggleston. <laughs> Do you want to redo that? <laughs> Not at all. Uh, I'm the other host, Bree. You've got me thinking about how we intro this show and you're like, does do the audience does the audience know the premise of the show based on our intro? And I'm like, well, do I know the premise of our show based on the intro? So, so I, I would, tried to add an extra zhuzh and it 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 jones. I don't yeah, know. It failed. I'm just <laughs> I literally asked you to write out a script and you tried to do it on the fly. Uh you tried. You tried. Yeah. yeah. Like some of the movies we see, they try to match their cover. That worked, right? That everyone agreed, everyone in this room in agreement. Yeah. Okay. High five, Kevin. Podcast awards rolling in. <laughs> okay, Kevin, what movie are we watching today? Yo, we are going to watch Cryptic. I hated myself on that one. Uh, we are going to be watching the movie Cryptic. Found that on Amazon Prime. It's going to be funky and fresh. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> whoop, there it is. <laughs> I, uh, I'm bringing some stuff back from the 90s. I, uh, I, did you know that the roof is on fire? And I mean, we I, don't even need water. I guess, you know, New Kids on the Block is touring again. Everything old is new again. Like Joey Fatone's hips. He wasn't in New Kids in the Block. Damn no, he, he was One not. of the Wahlbergs? I don't know. Uh, I think it was Donnie. Donnie? Okay, yeah. cool. I didn't know I didn't I didn't watch boy bands because uh, I was I was a young man and I just seethed with rage that that those boys were more popular with the girls than me. <laughs> Even though I was like, do I like girls? I was like fourth grade Bree. you're just <laughs> i i obviously came around on the issue all right i'm like we're coming up on our 10-year wedding anniversary yeah. i hope you like at least one girl <laughs> yeah that'd be really weird if that was the way i like i was like no i love you very gay though uh you're just the manliest woman i could find uh <laughs> Uh, like I said, that would be very mean. It's not what I feel. <laughs> I feel like, you know, did you this have podcast too has much- gone sideways? <laughs> did you have too much coffee? Like, what's going mm. on? <laughs> uh, I have been on a lot of car rides lately, and there's been a lot of inside thoughts that haven't been able to get out uh, of this body. So you're so just you're, you're seeing them. You're seeing you're, a lot of weirdness. You're subjecting us to that. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is what podcasts are. They are a way to document a mental illness, uh, either for an audience to like and buy your ads that you re- advertise or uh, to eventually get used in a trial against you. What do we what do we want to advertise that we don't get anything for right now? Is there any product recently that you've found that you want to share with anybody? Oh, um, no well okay so sheets i love you sheets (laughs) i always will um forever and always um they finally like engaged with my twitter after posting about them and i was 
I'm not going to lie. One of the happier days of my life. Um, <laughs> but they have, they just have these, these like edible cookie dough bites. Okay. Real good. Is it? I don't sh- know where they come from. Like it, it's packaged as their brand. Okay. So, and uh, they're so tasty. They have to be refrigerated and they have come in fun. They have like a confetti sugar cookie one that is just delicious. Question. Have you actually ever had to refrigerate them before or did you buy them and eat them before they needed to be refrigerated? Yeah. That's a dumb question. (laughs) Yeah. I don't. In their defense, they make it so it's one serving. So I'm like, they understand their consumer. (laughs) They understand there's not going to be a portion control issue. So your advertisement is for Sheets, but can you tell people that are not in the Midwest what Sheets is? Sheets is love. Sheets is life. (laughs) Uh, Sheets is a gas station chain that (laughs) its entire thing is that like it's also uh, like made to order food place. And they say made to order. It's really like microwaved at your convenience. But it's like you can go in there and you're like, hey, I want a. a waffle sandwich with sausage, egg, and a chicken patty. Um, and can I get American cheese on that covered in syrup and gravy? And they're like, yeah, that'll be five minutes. And then they'll have it ready to go for you. Wow. Um, it's just, yeah, you can mix and match all the food stuff you want. They have like full like drink machines, coffee, all this stuff that you could want. Um, honestly, I'm going to say if your state is famous for corn. Mm-hmm. You have better gas stations than the rest of this country. Uh, the Midwest crushes at the gas station game. Uh, yeah. I saw one on my way to Illinois once that I was advertising birthday parties. <laughs> Mommy, can I have my birthday party at the gas station, please? Oh, God. That was even more sad or less sad than the story I concocted in my head, which was like a parent driving cross country and they forgot their kid's birthday. And so they like pulled into the gas station and they're like, oh, thank Jesus. And they just I was like, because. Like, who's going to invite friends to a gas station? I mean, then, if it, yeah, if it's common over there. Yeah, it's just like I've been to one, some that have like food courts, like mm-hmm. multiple different re- venue. I mean, I was like, these are kind of hubs um, in the middle of nowhere. So it's just step it up, rest <gasps> of the country. You know what would be cool is a horror movie set in one of those. Yeah, what kind of horror movie would you do, though? Well, you know, my first thought was um, so there's two things that I thought of, which were. Uh, is it Night of the Living Dead? Whichever one day that the one where they're in the mall. Dawn but, of the Dead. Yeah, but um, on a minor scale. And I also thought of um, the one with Paul Bettany where he. Legion. Yeah, Legion, uh, where they're out in the middle of nowhere at the diner gas station thing. Um, and so, I, and me, I love. I love dark angels. Like, give me an evil angel. Yeah. Not not a demon. An angel that's supposed to do good, but is has become, like, jealous or, you know, power hungry or, Or just you know, their idea of good. Di- is, disillusioned. Yeah. Dis- disillusioned. Disillusioned. You yeah, got it. Go. Yeah, you, you nailed it the first time. Okay. Then. Had doubt. <laughs> um... 
So, but have it be out in the middle of nowhere and they have to, the people that are there have to like concoct a way to save their lives and there needs to be like a salt ring because you know there's going to be salt there. <laughs> yeah. uh, I can also see vampires. <gasps> oh yeah. Vampire, like they, they can't come in necessarily because, because like, somebody's got- for vampires. <gasps> What if it's like somebody's sleeping in a cot in the back, <laughs> and because it, it because they sleep there, that's like there because <laughs> yeah. they do swing shift or something. <laughs> oh man, could you imagine though? Okay, hear me out. Okay, this is horror comedy. Okay, we eventually should talk about the movie we're gonna do. No, this but, is uh, fascinating. Horror comedy. It's a vampire that's like just chill. Uh huh. Working. Uh, like late night at one of those gas stations in the middle of nowhere doesn't like want to eat people or like you know uh, only eats like dickhead customers okay okay he just chills in the back but it's vampire hunters that are coming to get him Mm. and so he's having to fight off vampire hunters uh, in this gas station but also like keep his customers safe Because the vampire hunters are like, we have to kill the vampire no matter what. And he's got like regulars that are like, no, this is Clyde. Like Clyde's chill. I want to watch that right now. Write it. Yeah. Uh, Get at me, Hollywood. Uh, (laughs) I have one sentence ideas for movies. Um, (laughs) I assume you pay in the millions. You know, Um, there's there's a guy on um, TikTok that does TikToks on uh, pitches for uh, Hallmark movies, like romance movies. Maybe we should start a TikTok uh, with our stupid, crazy movie ideas that we've done for By It's Covered. Maybe. Because there's <laughs> always that part of me that's like, no, keep it secret. And then when you're famous, you can use it. Yeah. Uh, like I have a golem tendency. And then I'm like, what <laughs> am I going to do with that? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like a cross between um, golem and smaug because you're like, it's my precious. They're yes, my I'm, treasures. <laughs> I'm just sitting on a horde of unsent tweets. I'm like, <laughs> me, this is me. <laughs> <laughs> Think of all the likes I could have had. <laughs> okay, okay, so what uh, movie? enough of my great voice acting. Um, <laughs> what's the movie we chose to watch? Uh, cryptic. Okay. You have the cover. I do have the cover. I'm I'm trying to fat finger my way to the share I, screen button. I've seen it once. You sent it to me, and I know that it's got a coffin on it. <laughs> so I, I'll Shazam. Uh, oh, he found it. Okay. Go ahead and you describe it because you have it closer to you okay. than I do. So um, it's got this nice stone effect mm-hmm. with a, uh, we'll just say it forms the shape of a coffin. Um, kind of looks like there's tunnels that run through the background. So we're going to be, I think a catacomb would be, yeah, catacomb mm. would be the best way to describe it. Um, under that in this red kind of it looks like an old like a call or an homage to the old Dracula font Mm -hmm. from like the original Dracula's it says lock stock meets true blood but they kind of try to make it look like it's a quote from someone and but Mm -hmm. it's not because it's not attributed anywhere (laughs) so it's just like that's their tagline well but that's that's I mean you quote titles if you're doing what like MLA format yeah no but I'm saying like they're trying to make it look like it's a movie like a quote from someone so it's their it's instead that's their tagline tagline, which I'm like, I've never heard a tagline just being like describing what the movie is in that way. 
you know usually they're like when bad meets evil you know instead they're like <laughs> yeah it's like these two things put together you get it all right you got it <laughs> moving on um, it's like neapolitan ice cream it's chocolate and vanilla yeah. and strawberry <laughs> so i mean i think we get the cast of characters that we're gonna see uh businessy italian looking gentlemen uh-huh. uh there's a black man with a gun uh-huh. um that he's bald there's I can't tell if that is uh, a business? the T-1000 on the no. right. I don't think it is. No, it's not. Patrick, um, whatever his name is. Uh, Ro- I wanted to say Robert Palmer, but it's not Robert Palmer. Uh, Ro- he was on X-Files. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it was just in Peacemaker, so I don't think it is him. Uh, there's a woman with a gun. She is not bald. I bet and then she's a- got red hair. Yeah. And she looks like she's holding a de- desert eagle. And uh, then there's a guy that just looks confused. He on the does. Right. He looks, like, he looks like this movie was made 10 years ago or actually 15 years ago, like Dane Cook would play him. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy that looks like Adrian Brody, more guns with a cross. Mm-hmm. And then a, another guy that kind of looks like uh, Walmart Sebastian Stan <laughs> um, with a machine gun. Yes. Um, and this is eight gangsters, one vampire cryptic. Uh in the dead center of it, the only thing in color or not with that sepia stone kind of filter on it mm-hmm. is a kind of a uh, looking like an older style gangster. He looks like Crispin Glover. A little bit, yeah, but like a diff- slightly less angular jaw, more of a squared jaw. Yeah. Um, he's wearing a three-piece suit with a polka dot tie. Okay, uh, but And there's an arm we- sticking out of the a coffin that's got uh, the weird, like, corrupted blood look on it. Can we talk about the fact that his tie is off-center? Yeah, a little bit of a bother. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, I'm scrolling up and down, and he's just like, I like how he's looking at whatever the thing in the coffin is, where he's like, well, somebody's going to have to clean up this mess. It's definitely like a Karen pose. It is just like (laughs) an angry dad looking at the mess you've made at a sleepover or something. But I hadn't seen this other log line or this tagline. So Cryptic, Ed Stopper, Dan Furegel, Voss Blackwood, Robert Glenister. But this other tagline kind of makes me more excited. Eight gangsters, one vampire. Yeah. I, I... I kind of I kind of want this to be like they think they're pulling off a heist. Uh-huh. And it's like a competing heist and they're fighting over this coffin. Mhm. And like they awaken the vampire and they're like, "Oh shit. We've got to fix this." Like I kind of want like a vampire reservoir dogs. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen Reservoir Dogs, so I don't get that reference. Well, if you haven't seen Lock, Stock and um, I've seen True, True Blood. <laughs> so my question is, do you, is it Lock, Stock and Two Smoky Barrels that yeah. they're referencing? Okay, so I've Which seen that. Which is about heist, is a heist of like antique shotguns. Yeah. Um, and then I, obviously I've seen True Blood because, you know, it's True yeah. Blood. Um, so knowing now that they're talking about lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. Uh, I do think that you're going to be right about the heist. Um, but I'm wondering if they're heisting the vampire. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm I don't know if they're going to know that it's a vampire right off the bat. It might be like some collector has been like, I want, I want this in this crypt. 
and they go oh. to get it, like break it out and they have to like commit crime to do it. And then they find out it's a vampire. Mm. Um, okay. And then it's like, maybe they're like, Hey, we got to stop it. Or mm-hmm. it's slowly like killing us one by one because of something, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that could be interesting. Um, I love genre mashups that you don't usually see. Mm-hmm. So, but I can't, I don't think, I, I originally, when I first had saw the main guy, mm-hmm. I had originally thought it was going to be like a period piece gangster movie, like 1920s. And I was kind of excited about that. I kind of wanted that noir. But then I now saw the guy with the more modern machine gun and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, bummer. They didn't have <laughs> the budget to do the thing that I didn't know I wanted. Um, or, you know, that vision. <laughs> come on, Hollywood directors, make the movie that I didn't know I needed. Um, um, the one thing that you kind of glossed over, but you sort of mentioned, uh, is the outside, the non-vampiric part uh, is that sepia tone, but it's, mm-hmm. it's the, uh, it's based off of like the, gargoyle statues so yeah. uh and there is actually a gargoyle head up above at the top of that well, I, I thought that was a bad head i think it's, it's a, a werewolf or a werewolf, oh, yeah. it's a werewolf I mean, movie <laughs> no it's a vampire bat um you know like i think that's what they were going for yeah um, i'm surprised we actually chose a vampire movie usually we stumble across uh werewolf movies actually you know what i just realized what the movie i i just thought like made this plot about Huh. It's a plot of Dracula 2000. I was thinking, I'm like, yeah, I was like, wait, this has been done. Um, yeah, it's Dracula 2000. With uh, Gerard but not, Butler. It's been done, but not well. Uh, so that's a difference. Yeah. Well, I, I have a hard time with that movie because, you know, uh, Dracula ends up being Judas. And it was a cool twist. I mean, it was, but eh, whatever. But then, um, yeah, he's like taking out by a C Jesus. was in that. <laughs> Jesus saves electric sign. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, vitamin C was in that movie. Um, yeah. yeah, this one, I don't know. This could go. I just want it to be done well in a way. Like, I, I, I don't think I don't recognize any of the actors in it. No, Mm-mm. so I don't know if this is like it was a Canadian movie or uh, uh, from another country. I feel like Ed Stoppard sounds familiar, though. Ed Stoppard. Yeah, I mean the name Voss Blackwood sounds already like a villain's name, though. Yeah. You keep talking. I'm but, trying to. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I kind of, uh, I mean, we know already know it's going to be a vampire. Yep. I, I do kind of, so I know, like, if they're comparing, drawing a comparison to, like, a Guy Ritchie movie, a lot of Guy Ritchie movies have um, separate plot lines that all intersect with each other. So I think mm-hmm. that could be interesting. That also, um, Guy Ritchie movies largely, or at least Lock, Stock, Snatch, play with the time of them, mm-hmm. like, when things occur and overlap. Um, so if somebody spent that time, that could be very cool. Oh, that's hilarious. <gasps> he was in Blackwood. The... Uh, oh, so we've already seen this guy, we, Ed Stoppard? Yeah, I knew I recognized his name. Yeah, we did Blackwood for by its cover. So um, we, we've seen him in that. Uh, we also saw him in... Um, he was in The Musketeers series on mm-hmm. was it hbo or showtime so we would recognize him from that uh i'm sorry you were saying something it's funny that they use Lockstock as their example because uh vast black or Voss blackwood was in Lockstock. oh really yeah. <laughs> um i'm actually a little bit more excited about this now knowing that it 
it actually has um, actors with credits. Well, that also tells me it's going to be it's British. Oh, I love British movies. So that kind of changes uh, a little bit. Like, I don't know, because Guy Ritchie is British. I'm like, okay, more likely that they're going to nail that feel um, as a result. Absolutely. Not a thing that American directors have quite like the I don't know, the irreverence or the cheekiness. I think Mm -hmm. you're. I was going to say your closest is Stephen Wright, but he's not an American. No, he's not. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I was like, yeah, I don't know who else is like nobody else has really kind of done that. Do you mean Stephen Wright or Edgar Wright? Edgar Wright. There we yeah, go. Sorry. Stephen Ed- Wright is a comedian that's very good at one-liners. Yeah. Um, the other thing that immediately my brain went to was Smoking Aces. Oh, I could see some of that. Yeah. like, it, it, But it, again, very much in that that style, you know, mm-hmm. of uh, kind of like a, almost a comedic crime. Like there's an element of coolness to it. Yeah. Um, that I think is really cool. It was really neat. Yeah, so I'm just looking at this. This dude was in a ton of crime movies. I'm looking forward to this now more that we've talked about it. I feel like we've talked ourselves into wanting to watch this movie. Right? I mean, yes, the cover's cool, but it was kind of like, eh, maybe. Um, and now I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't I don't like that we keep doing this to ourselves because I feel like we are uh, slowly building up an expectation for a movie. Yeah. And uh it doesn't always pay off, uh, as we've learned. It, in fact, seldom does. But see, this is why we talk about it. We guess what it is, and then we go watch it, and we come back, and we talk about how wrong we were. That's true. And then we talk about how we'd rather watch a movie about a gas station vampire, um, which, again, Hollywood, uh, you have my number. It's five zero. No, uh, just con- DM him. DM him. I give you permission. <laughs> Yeah, Hollywood slide in them DMs. Um, But yeah, so I don't know. Should we just go watch this movie? Yeah, let's go watch a movie. And we're back having just watched Cryptic. I almost said Cryptid, which probably would have been a better movie than this one. And not to be confused with Cryptic, which was an alternate title for the movie Blackwood, which we watched. Was it? Yeah. And I had like, a hard time finding this movie, like, specifically. Um, huh. Yeah. So we got this one on Amazon. We had to we had to pay to rent it because that is the level of dedication we give to our Buy It's Cover audiences. Yeah. We, uh, we will cash in some redemption points. <laughs> um. What's funny, though, is Ed Stoppard, like we mentioned just a few seconds ago, uh, it was in Blackwood that we reviewed. Maybe that's why he was in it. He's like, I'm only in movies with the same title. (laughs) I don't want to have to memorize multiple movies that I've been in. (laughs) So one of the first things, uh, A, what did you snack on? Um, You know, okay, so I'm leaving Pittsburgh. So I had um, my last run with Hook's. Or, yeah, Hook's Chicken. I was going to say, I bet he gets Hook's Chicken. Yeah. Hook's Chicken, why didn't you sponsor me? <laughs> they Did you tell them about our podcast? No, they know I'm their number one fan on Uber Eats. So, 
figured that would be worth something. So they just randomly reach out and be like, do you have a podcast? Yeah, that's how it should go. In my mind, they should always know what I'm doing. I follow them. They should follow me. Fair enough. Um, well, I'm glad you enjoyed some Hook's Chicken. Yeah, what'd you snack on? I didn't. I was not hungry while I watched this movie. Which, actually, it would have been the perfect movie to eat in because there was practically no gore whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. This movie was like, as long as you were good with just talking, it would have been fine. It would be uh, weird, though, if you had a trigger warning for talking. You're like, I can't handle dialogue. Oh, it happened one time when I was 10. Well, it depends on what kind of dialogue. Uh, you mean cheeky British slang dialogue that's fit for a crime drama? Because that's what you got in this. Yeah, I I think that I'm going to ask you to give a short summary of the movie. Oh, God. No. Uh, okay. So <laughs> it's, what, eight criminals meet in a crypt? Eight criminals convene in a crypt, cautiously calling out over coffins that they think contain creatures of the undead. Now it's eight criminals meeting a, God damn it, now I'm doing it. I'm Dr. <laughs> Seuss the shit out of this movie. All right, eight not good people meet in a crypt, which is the only like setting of this movie. It's the only uh, scene. Yeah. And it uh, is them trying to kind of decide how to open or go about finding this coffin that they've all pooled money in to save their their criminal empires mm-hmm. and they find out that they're like their rival that's taking all their business and stuff is a vampire he's not ta- he's not taking her, their business he's killing off all of the um the like street workers that yeah that push the the product or the in one case yeah, one guy's like leaving a, them with bite marks in their neck yeah yep it's uh there's a character named sexy steve okay <laughs> so the first time we meet him which is ed stoppard um he introduces himself as steve stevens to a character named meat m-e-a-t and there's like this ongoing joke about Meat's name. Like there's what? No less than five um, meat puns. Meat Every time they puns. introduce like a new character into the scene, they like make fun of Meat's name. Yeah. And so Steve uh, is an accountant for Gordon, who is, I guess, like the head bad guy. Um, he's the criminal empire like mastermind he criminal emperor (laughs) criminal emperor (laughs) and uh he's got the best business and we kind of think that he probably does because steve's really good with his money and like actually treats all of the vices that he's selling wares for well financially like he Steve's kind of the man when it comes to uh, dirty money because he said uh, the best way to have dirty money is if you uh, keep it clean or something like that but uh, Steve so 
all of a sudden these two other guys come in and <laughs> Jim and John whose last name is Jonas and they make several Jonas Brothers <laughs> Francis which I just think, they is, think is very clever too they're they like do. Ah, everyone will love these Jonas Brother jokes I'm like fucking <laughs> no we don't um, but they call him Sexy Steve Stevens and there's there's no story behind it. It's just everybody gets these random nicknames. Um, and one of the Jonas Brothers is um, like off his rocker big time. And they call him spastic. But they use it in like the medical definition term of spastic. They don't call him spaz. They constantly refer to him as spastic. And I'm going... That's a that's really weird. <laughs> like that was a choice. <laughs> so much of this movie is uh somebody was like this is going to be badass and they committed to it and it wasn't. It never was. Well, the thing is there's there were two people that wrote this script. So there were two people that sat down and thought how many word plays can we put in a movie? Yeah, so this this movie is a, a low budget, like Guy Ritchie kind of thing. I mean, they were very much hearkening to that when when they try to do the lock stock references. But like the hallmark of those movies is like razor sharp, quick dialogue mm-hmm. uh, with very charming characters, and none of the characters in this are particularly charming. I would say the only I would argue that Steve is probably the most charming out of all of them. Yeah. Or- they're not charismatic like they're just not i'm i'm not engaged in the conversation because i'm like they do this thing where they all speak in exposition to each other like Mm -hmm. one of them will ask a question and then the other one will basically restate the question and then add like a line of exposition Mm -hmm. and this movie just builds up this like crazy backstory that all these characters have that one, they would have no reason to share with each other because they're like, you don't go around to your friends being like, hello, Brie Eggleston. Remember <laughs> that time that we did the thing with the thing and the other people? <laughs> that was fun, right? Especially in a crypt where you're waiting for the big boss to show up so you can open a metal coffin that's sitting in the middle of the room and nobody knows what it is. They all think it's a vampire slaying kit and they're all pissed because they've put like three million dollars into this thing not knowing what gordon has purchased Mm -hmm. and so it's like this big macguffin which it's not truly a macguffin because we actually get to find out what's in the box um but it's just it's uh it's a choice i do have to say (laughs) i feel like i had a pretty good uh pretty good joke while I was watching this uh, you had already watched it and I te- I was texting you while I watched it um, but at the very beginning Meat is like checking his pockets for something and just randomly hands Steve a grenade and Steve's like ah! you know freaks out because he's like what the fuck uh, and Meat's like don't worry it's a dud it's and Steve's like, why do you have this? And so Meat's like, you can keep it. And then I text you and I was like, is that a Chekhov's grenade? <laughs> this movie, so many Chekhov's guns that don't go anywhere. So the well, whole. 
they yeah, use the, they use the grenade later. Yeah, it it turns. But I'm like, dude, Slither did that. Oh, you know, like better. <laughs> yeah, I don't. But it just, I don't know, this uh, this movie has this thing where, like, it A, it thinks it's being really clever with its dialogue. And I'm like, I just, I know you're British and you can say the, the C-bomb with impunity, but, like, we can dial it down a little bit, right? Like, save it for special occasions. That needs to be, like, a, a palate cleanser C-bomb, not just a, we are, we're being too willy-nilly with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then they also have this thing where, like, the characters... Um, all have this like shared connection to this murder of a 17 year old girl. I'm assuming rape and murder the way they were kind of talking about it. Yeah, yeah. they it wasn't it wasn't uh, light on disc like talking about that. <clears throat> I'm gonna be it, honest. I uh, I tuned out <laughs> a good quarter of this movie just because I was like, oh my god, I don't <laughs> care. Stop, fucking do something. And the, like that's part of the problem. I don't have a problem with movies that are dialogue heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Lockstock, I really like. Snatch, I really like. Those are very dialogue heavy. The thing that these guys didn't understand about Guy Ritchie's is, or the Guy Ritchie movies is those are incredibly dynamic or kinetic scenes when they're doing dialogue heavy. There's something happening mm-hmm. while they're talking. And this one is just a lot of them talking back and forth, kind of telling us why we are invested in the story rather than showing us why we're invested in the story. Yeah. Um, and there's a mysterious lawyer character that shows up halfway through the movie um, that he, you know, says, Oh yeah, Gordon asked me to be here. And he presents as a very like authoritative, almost dangerous person because you're like, he's very put together, not Mm -hmm. flustered by anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's in a room full of criminals that all are heavily armed. Uh, The Jonas brothers are off the rockers. Yeah. Um, The only person we don't know is armed is Steve. Which um, is a big surprise later on because yeah, and and they also present the older lawyer guy as kind of like Steve in the future, what Steve's going to kind of like become. Yeah, very calm, just doing the the business side of things. Yeah, um, but yeah, this this movie. Uh, there, I mean, there's some really interesting things. There's one thing that I wish I would have done is there's a point where they find the coffin. And mm-hmm. they shoot it, trying to open it, and a 30-minute timer starts yep. counting down. What I really wanted was I was like, I should have set a clock. It wasn't. To see if it went to actually 30 minutes. I just, I'm like, that would have been such one of those things if you could do in a movie. I was like, that's actually clever. I appreciate that. Yeah, no. It um, was way shorter than 30 minutes. There's a random junkie that finds his way into the crypt. Which actually, I found him to be the the most and interesting I, character. Yeah, and I, I tuned this out because uh, I was like, did he have any relevance ever? Like, was he tied to any of the nope. the murder of the girl? Nope. Okay, I was like, this is insane. Like, this character just exists uh, to get killed later for no reason. Well, I mean, really, the only significant thing he did was explain the the um, reasoning behind Cochise's nickname, who Cochise is um, uh, one of the bad guys, and mm-hmm. he has the craziest facial hair. It was is so that facial much- hair or is that supposed to be tattoos under his facial hair? No, it was facial hair. Hmm. And uh, his real name's Pra Pradap Singh. 
And he doesn't go by that because he doesn't think it sounds like a gangster name. And so he goes by Cochise that the the um, junkie Henry Wallens Walter the fourth or whatever his name was, uh, like explains the history of the Native American uh, war chief <laughs> just randomly like this junkie. But when we meet the junkie, Steve is based on his name, gives all this backstory about how, oh, I bet you were went to boarding school and you had all this stuff and blah, 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 silver spoon in your mouth. And and the guy goes, yeah, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> like, what's the point in that? <laughs> so much of this movie, you feel like you could say, like, what was the point of that? Like, why bring in a character just for this one scene or not this one scene, but this like brief moment to explain a character's nickname. Yeah. And then just kill him. And it, yep. like, it doesn't connect later to anything. Um, you would think that the lawyer would have been very angry about that since it was kind of an innocent person getting killed. Yeah. But the lawyer was very hands. Robert, his name was Robert. Um, he was very hands off and made sure to not get his fingerprints on anything. <laughs> Yeah, so that that's the the part of this is they all think they're going to kill a vampire. They think that crypt is going to open and it's going to probably be the vampire inside when it starts to count down. And so they kind of they eventually their whole group kind of breaks down and starts killing each other off. It starts mm -hmm. one by one and then it kind of turns into a big gun show. Because I think they uh, looked at the runtime of this movie and they're like, let's speed up. Yeah, <laughs> this plot. Um, and the revelation is that Robert is not an employee of Gordon or right. of anyone. He's the father of the murdered girl getting his revenge on everyone that he thinks was responsible for it. Which they were. Yeah, they they are. And uh, he kind of talks about how he's like, well, I didn't know you were going to be here, Steve. Wouldn't have. I would either cut you in or uh, like cut you out of this, like made it so it didn't affect you. But like that happens. And Steve's like, well, you killed you know, eight people. That's kind of a bad thing. And the guy's yeah. like, oh, I didn't kill any of them. They all did it to themselves. I'm I'm innocent in this. Which I'm like, come on, man. I mean, technically. I mean, you kind of tell that to the junkie that got his throat slit because you were like set this thing up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, well, OK, I can kind of see how that's a clever twist. Absolutely. Uh, it took me about what? three quarters of the way through the movie, which I actually think was too long uh, for to realize that it was actually about the girl because everything up until that point uh, was talking about the business, was talking about their relationships with each other, was talking about the vampire. I mean, there was one mention of the girl early on by Meat. Yeah, and he hands then, him a picture. Because he keeps the picture of the girl uh because he did to remind him that things can go wrong. Yeah. And so but then you find out that John, one of the Jonas brothers, actually was the one that raped and murdered her. But we don't find out until the very end that there was a um, instigating factor of her getting hit on by a creepy old dude and denying him 
And because she denied him, he gave her to Cochise and Bertie, who are sex traffickers. And then she went to John and she was already used by the time she got to John. And so she was, I mean, she did not have, I mean, it was, it was rough. So what what we're really getting at is legalized sex work. Uh, Sex work is work. Yeah. Um, What the hell? This movie wouldn't have happened if we would have had sensible policies around that. Absolutely. Uh, Uh, In the UK. Because, because (laughs) A, she's not a sex worker. B, she was just an innocent 17-year-old girl that told a man no. And because of that, was raped and brutalized and then murdered. Like, that's... That's nothing to do with sex work. That has everything to do with uh, somebody thinking that they they're owed something that they're not. We're getting a little heavy <laughs> on this one, hon. Like, uh, but, damn, let's, uh, let's pull back uh, from the grimness of reality and into the magic of movies. Holy but shit! You can see why her dad, Robert, went off. Yeah, we're not saying Robert was wrong in his actions. We're saying like it was a bad plan. So uh, I think there's the other thing that's weird is like Robert creates this whole mythos around the vampire. Mm -hmm. But here's one thing that I I didn't click as I was like, those guys are still dead. Like not the the eight criminals, but like the low level guys that had the vampire. And I was like, well, how did those guys fucking die? Okay, but no. That was a rumor. So at the end, Robert's talking to Steve and doing his evil wrap up speech and said, nobody actually died. I just took that three million and paid people off. Uh, Warrie G and his crew are over in Tuscany and the other crews over in Spain. We just we just had them do a rumor that the bodies were never found, but that they were seen with vampire bites on their neck. So no one actually died. He just paid off all these criminals. I hate this movie so much. (laughs) I hate hate this, like, everything's clever. And it's like, man, don't. Um, Also, like, Steve gives this speech earlier in the movie about having a code and how nobody has codes anymore. And that plays into we the coffin opens. It's Gordon inside. Gordon's this creepy old dude. He's the um, one that started the chain reaction of the daughter getting murdered. And Robert does that thing that you've seen in like Mad Max or uh, Saw or any of these movies where like the villain or the, the you know, well, Mad Max in case it's a hero, leaves them in, in a, like a, uh, a situation where they're crippled or they're uh, un- unable to move or they can do something. And he's like, you have a choice. You can either uh, kill Gordon and... Like, at least live up to your morals, or I guess you guys can figure it out. And then he, like, leaves. And um, what I thought was really weird is Steve picks up the gun, gives kind of a speech to Gordon about, like, that girl was 17 years old. That was That's fucked up. Yeah. We, a man's got to have a code. And then he fakes like he shoots Gordon. Yeah, which Robert had already left through his backdoor secret entrance. Yeah, he waits to hear the gunshot, and then he leaves. He doesn't even stay to watch that happen. But then you think it's done and you're thinking, okay, well, Gordon just took the handle off the door in the back. How the fuck is Steve going to get out of there? Because even though Steve 
supposedly at this point had killed Gordon, he's still down in a locked crypt. And he's been shot in the leg. And he's been shot in the leg. So even though Robert was like, oh, well, I'm okay if you live, he literally just locked him in there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I wonder if he left the hand because he like you see that he puts a handle back on the door. I was like, I wonder if he left that. No, he didn't. So weird. He took it off and put it in his pocket. Yeah, I don't get why Gordon is supposed to live. So like Steve walks off. It's not like he's like, okay, we're going to secretly get help. Okay, but Steve who was supposed to throw out the key to the door to the crypt and he didn't he pocketed it and threw change out the air vent so it sounded like he got rid of the key but he Mm. had the key to the crypt the whole time but Robert didn't know that and so he Steve leaves via the front door because he has the key and he's like I wasn't going to get locked in there without an escape plan from those stupid Jonas brothers (laughs) And so he just leaves. He locks Gordon in the crypt and leaves him to die. Yeah, again, I, this I, <laughs> I too much cleverness for its own fucking good. I apparently blanked out a lot of this movie. Um, I feel like I'm just telling this movie to you again. Yeah, I feel like I'm getting surprised. But you were like, "Oh my god, there was there was a crypt." Who's Steve? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Biggest frustration for me: no vampire. No super. Oh, you know, that is one of my biggest pet peeves when I go into a movie and think there's going to be supernatural and then there's none, none. Well, like I wouldn't mind it. There was no flashbacks. There's no like so much of this movie from the very start. You're like, oh, this isn't going to have the thing I want. And then you realize like they're describing all these things. Again, this is where you do flashbacks. This is where you do like cuts to things. This movie chooses not to. Instead, just like we're going to have our characters talk. And so it's um, kind of boring. Like for fairly, it's not terrible dialogue. It's just it's very stylized. It's not at the level that I'd expect from like Guy Ritchie or other British directors, but it's fairly snappy dialogue and it's dull. I think uh, one of the things in my mind now that I'm reflecting on having watching it, watched this, which the way I say that makes me feel like I watched a homework assignment. <laughs> but yeah. um, is the fact that, OK, so production wise, you only have one set. I mean, mm-hmm. that was probably just one big set and they probably built it with nooks and crannies so that they could set the cameras and stuff. But for it to have been one set, there was not the quality I expected. I mean, the crypt was very well lit, which is great because I hate dark movies. Like, I want to see what the fuck's going on. But at the same time, they didn't weight things correctly visually. Um, The coffin lid um was it, it bounced but too much of a bounce for it to be concrete yeah, yeah i just yeah it's uh the other thing i don't know if you noticed this but there were uh two or three times that somebody got knocked out and they did it they did the camera work as though somebody was punching their face like you see the hand coming like you're that person it's from your point of view Mm -hmm. and they punch 
and they don't do the knockdown right. It very clearly feels like a camera fall. Um, and it's it it's very much like I'm gonna punch you and then you stop and then you fall. It wasn't it wasn't a correct They're just doing a tilt. <laughs> yeah, it was very much uh it took me out of the moment. Like I knew for sure that guy did not get punched. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Again, this felt uh, like somebody had studied a lot of movies, like mm-hmm. a lot of the movies that they were trying to replicate and then just kind of didn't have the ability to do the things they wanted to do. You know, yeah. like didn't have either the budget or the access to do some of the things they want. Uh, I don't hate this kind of movie. I'm not mm-hmm. like you where I'm like, I hate a movie that, promises supernatural and doesn't deliver but i uh i I gotta see it i gotta understand the stakes i mean you just the whole point of movies is to show and so when you don't have me like you're making just a worse version of a book because i'm not having to imagine it whole cloth like i do with a book yeah i'm seeing things and then i'm having to like it's just it's it's the worst version of how you do this kind of story um I give them credit for trying. I give them credit. I mean, like, it's not awful. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very... I, I would not spend two ninety nine on Amazon no. to rent this movie. But if it was free and you just wanted something on in the background... Yeah. If I were, uh, if I were wanting to watch kind of a... If I had just been binging some... Guy Ritchie movies. I keep saying his name. I get paid a quarter every time I say it. I wish. I was some 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 GR movies. Uh huh. And I was like feeling that that Itch. need. I would watch this. Yeah. Um, I I would have been interested if they would have actually had a vampire. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm like, what character do you have? Be it you know for this movie to make sense. Yeah. Um, what's, go for what's, it. What's really interesting is I remember texting you when they finally. So the coffin was under an actual coffin in the crypt and it it's a metal coffin. It's very clearly man-made like recently it's newer welding and riveting and all that stuff. But I, I text you and I'm like that that couldn't even fit a small child it's a very tiny coffin and then it's supposed to fit a fully grown overweight man (laughs) also uh they make a big point of like meat ordered this vampire killing kit off the internet and i was just laughing my ass off because i was like do you know how pissed i would be if my vampire killing kit one none of the things that you buy to like kill a vampire like steaks holy water garlic none of those are things you can't just have delivered to your house like right. you don't have to google the special one that you order off the dark web for garlic which um the play on the dark web like <laughs> these criminals meat talks about how he orders it off the dark web and the criminals are like the dark web it, totally blown away that there's such a thing as the dark web none of them know about the dark web also i was laughing i was like all the shit you need you can get on amazon yeah amazon yeah. <laughs> like but uh i would be so mad if the person delivering my uh vampire killing kit i paid three million dollars for was also like we got to go aesthetically pleasing and put it in a coffin yeah <laughs> like we have to have it branded you know i was like that's a little too on the nose that's a hat on a hat with your vampire yeah. killing equipment <laughs> 
was like, you can put that in a cardboard box. I don't give a shit. It's coming yeah. out of the box. I'm not going to like you gave me like a hundred pound coffin to now lug around. Dick. <laughs> that just ups the shipping price. Yeah. How did how did Robert get that coffin? Oh, no. Meat got it in there. Never mind. Yeah. It, none of it quite makes sense all the way. You're like, why this elaborateness? But then Robert or but then Meat couldn't figure out where it was. Like they stumbled across the coffin. So Meat didn't have it delivered. No, Robert did that. They were going there to get it. And it was supposed to be in there. And like Gordon was supposed to kind of know. There's absolutely no way that Robert could have gotten that coffin full of a fully grown overweight man. Why the fuck would you be like, why are we delivering this to a crypt? Deliver this to a goddamn warehouse. I give you an address. Prime it to me. Huh. Did you find a plot hole with this movie? Just one? It's just weird. I, I... I mean, we okay. So we kind of talked about it, but would you recommend this movie? I mean, no, yeah. I mean, maybe. I don't know. You got to be in a mood for it. Um, yeah. It, it's not one of those like it, this movie falls into that bad spot where it's not kinetic or moving enough for me to say like throw it on on the background, like if you're doing something else. Hmm. Um. But it's also not engaging enough that I'm like sit down and watch this because I mean. Obviously, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm like, I'm taking drugs for attention deficit disorder. And I'm just like, I don't care. Uh, yeah. God, like, I don't I can't. Everything was pulling my attention. Like I was checking where my hooks was. Like I got a pop up ad for sexy singles in my area. And I was like, I'm in an area. Let's see where this goes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They weren't sexy or oh. single. Fair enough. It was it was sadness in my area, fifty mile radius. <laughs> Good to know. But uh, yeah, it's just like I was like, why? I I don't know. Would you recommend it, Brie? You know, I'm one of those people that I want to be nice, but no. <laughs> oh, yeah, like here's the thing. I think make another one. Yeah. Like as a as a hey, we're learning some stuff, or hey, mm-hmm. we're trying some stuff. I had no problem with it. This isn't a movie that actively made me regret somebody engaging in movie making. Yeah. So I I think that the script writers have potential. Yeah. I I think that there are things. I appreciated that there was a twist. I didn't appreciate there wasn't a vampire. Um, I think some of the dialogue was very clever, but unfortunately, I, I got the feeling that they wanted all of the dialogue to be clever and there wasn't really a straight man because even Steven even Steven (laughs) even Steve had moments of like clever dialogue and I think it was just it very much reminded me of like Gilmore Girls where everything they say is just witty banter back and forth back and forth back and forth you get you what they didn't understand is a lot of times when you have this there's no conflict in the dialogue people are just saying things to each other Mm -hmm. and they're not getting they're getting some reactions in some cases but a lot of times like they didn't understand is you've got to have a character or you you got to have that tension between those characters where like a character is on one side of the argument and characters on the other side and that can flip depending mm-hmm. on what who's interacting with each other. But if you don't have that tension, you just have characters kind of like waiting to jump in with their like witty line or their zinger. 
Yeah. It's not interesting to watch. It's not interesting to listen to necessarily. Yeah. Um, like this movie does good when uh, the smaller Jonas, who I can't remember his name. J- John. John and Steve are like aggressive with each other because mm-hmm. Steve's like, you're, you're a monster. You did a bad thing. And John is like, we're going to, after this is over, you and I are going to have a conversation about what you think happened outside. Mm-hmm. And Steve's like, yeah, I'm, I favor myself in that fight. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is, there's this tension here, but yeah. sometimes it doesn't have it. Yeah. Um, and uh, also, can we just talk real quick? Like, hey, movies, you don't, you don't got to shit on a trans character. Absolutely. Ugh, like, yeah. Uh, so the character of Berta, they reveal Alberta, is, Bertie, yeah, Bertie, Berta, whatever. Alberta, uh, she's Russian or vaguely Eastern European. Mm-hmm. Uh, they reveal that she she gets killed, and they reveal that she was a they say hermaphrodite, mm-hmm. which I'm always like that's such a weird one. But like one coaches when she's dead is like, do you know how rare that is? And I was like, dude, gross. Like, yeah. It don't, definitely was fetishizing. Yeah, don't objectify somebody by their genitals. First yeah. off, second off, a guy immediately has some like trans panic where he's like, "Oh, I almost fucked her," and, and it's like, like not very clear that she was never interested in him, and he, yeah. which I mean, makes sense because he's the rapist. I mean, he yeah. clearly doesn't care about consent. <laughs> but yeah, there's that, and then like then the, they make a comment about something they're like oh did you ever you know sucker and then like mime for dick and he's like yeah once and they're like oh gross i'm like you guys are murderers and rapists and you're like oh it's a penis oh no yeah (laughs) i'm terrified yeah oh can't handle that um just like dude come on this is 2020 better be better than that be better like be mad because it's an evil dick not that it's just a dick (laughs) be mad that you sucked evil there was also a lot of um fat jokes in this too i don't know if you noticed that yeah, i but. don't care like i don't care i care so little about that kind of stuff as a fat person <laughs> it just doesn't i'm like whatever i also always love british movies when they make fun of fat people because the characters are never that fat yeah <laughs> they're like 20 pounds overweight and they're like you're a fat fuck i'm like no dude my size fat fuck like that's the scale <laughs> my size is fat fuck uh like fat ass <laughs> chunky boy <laughs> and a bigum <laughs> yeah i made that scale up just now i know uh, i was like this bit's got legs and then i was like i don't know where i'm going with it uh, so <laughs> you this just is what took I it on do. a walk <laughs> hey i improved i think masterfully uh i i am right now at fat fuck i would love to get down to bigum i just want to be a bigum <laughs> all right kevin do you have anything more to say about this movie <laughs> no man also fuck you cryptic okay uh Everyone talked cryptically, drove me nuts. Yep. And I was like, oh, they're in a crypt. Very clever. And I was just like, I I hate this title that somebody was like, you can just see them pitching it and they just fucking high-fived each other. They're like, boom, nailed it. Oh, this has got layers. We got an onion title. I hate that so much and you know it was done intentionally because it's very much mirrors the dialogue throughout this movie uh lock stock and two smoking coffins boom better title (laughs) 
Alice would work because there was two coffins in this. There movie. were two coffins. Oh, I'm and, so good. And there was Carlotta, which had a stock. She yeah. was the gun Jim had. So um, I don't know. What would you have changed on this cover? Oh, yeah. I forgot to say that. Yeah, uh, you got the whole uh, thesis the of ta- our movie or our podcast. The tagline. I mean, there's no vampire. Oh, <laughs> don't fucking say it's supernatural and not. Be what would you have done with the cover, though, baby? Um, I'd remove the tagline. Apparently, this movie does not need a tagline. Um, I, I think it's interesting that they chose Steve as the center character in it. Um, I would, I would say you don't need all of the characters on the cover. I, I think that's unnecessary. Um, maybe I would have just done, there's a, there's a big concrete coffin, uh, in it. And maybe I would just take that as the cover and then put cryptic across it. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It, it I it doesn't really scream any sort of the, the movie didn't scream any sort of like, oh shit, that should be on the cover to me. Yeah. Uh I think I would have done the metal coffin. Okay. Done light coming down from above and the eight characters behind it. In and like oh. a like a with Steve in the center looking at it. Like, okay. I'm all kind of like looking at it and just call it cryptic and have cryptic underneath. Okay. Um, I mean, kind of like hearken to the Reservoir Dogs, Goodfellas cover, or, you know, my other idea was like the Bohemian uh, Rhapsody Queen <laughs> album cover. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I was, I was like, yeah, you can, you could lay those guys out. At, so you see them all. Uh-huh. Okay. And because they're the ones that matter. And then just the coffin there. And I think that would have been a good cover. Yeah. Um, this one again, like they tried to throw in some Bram Stoker's Dracula shit, and you guys don't it, like this movie doesn't do enough with that that mm-hmm. to justify it. it it's a, it's a it's a total bait and switch on the cover, mm-hmm. I think. Like yeah. for what you got, absolutely agree. the The movie that we got was way different than the cover. Yeah. Uh, it's it was definitely uh, one of those reasons why we do this podcast because. We, yeah. If we judged it truly by its cover, it would be nothing like. No, it was uh, it was a zero stars on the cover scale. <laughs> we don't have a scale. Uh, it actually starts fat fuck and it goes down to bigum. <laughs> this movie would have been a bigum on the cover scale. <laughs> oh man! Boom! That's a callback. That was a good callback. Yeah. Uh, speaking of calls, where can we get a hold of you on social media? Uh, you can find me on everything from Twitter to TikTok at Kevin underscore egg. Uh, you can also find me on my website, KevinEggleston.com. Awesome. Bree, where can we find you? Where can we see you? Uh, you can find us on By Its Cover Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And then you can find us on Facebook and YouTube, By Its Cover Podcast. And I think that's it. Heck yeah. Thank you folks for listening. We appreciate you. Have a great day.